Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi there and welcome. It's Fantasy Focus Baseball for Monday morning, June 17th, 2019. I am indeed Eric. He is Tristan. Kyle Soppy handles the producer and hash brown duties today, as always. Hope everyone enjoyed their Father's Day. Tristan, I assume it was a good one for you. It was. Would have been nice if we had a perfect no rain day, but you know, it's pretty solid. Had its uh, opportunities. Hope yours was enjoyable too. Yes, it was fine. Would have been nice if my team didn't allow 15 runs to the team they were chasing in the standings. But that's okay. That's yeah. that's the way things are. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, this month our teams have not been exactly the most stellar. By the way, a, a quality um, review call on uh, Saturday night. What is that? The the review call by your manager. <laughs> oh. I've been watching a little of your team this weekend, too. <laughs> well, everyone's going to be watching your team because they made a big trade this weekend. We're going to get to that. And a big demotion, which, you know, it's fair. Uh, a little bit later on, of course, we've got uh, everybody slugging in Denver. That's just ridiculous. Injuries, promotions, combo meals, closers, mirrored hash browns. Here's the buzz. All right, so Edwin Encarnacion is a new member of the New York Yankees. He will be the everyday designated hitter. And the first tweet I got about the trade was, should I drop Luke Voigt? And I wanted to reply, come on, what's the matter with you? But Luke Voigt's not losing any playing time. But I do want your take, Yankee fan, because John Carlos Stanton comes back on Tuesday. Aaron Judge could be before the All-Star break. And that lineup is ridiculous. They're, they're going to have, like, Glaber Torres batting ninth and DJ Gregorius eighth. That's a crazy lineup. <laughs> I've never seen a lineup so deep. I know. It's absurd. <laughs> but, but but to be fair, like, Voight has been batting second and doing an amazing job. He's probably going to drop down to, like, fifth or sixth. And Encarnacion has been batting third in Seattle or fourth might bat six or seventh. So, but I still like Edwin more now in Yankees gear than I do in Seattle. Don't you? I do. I mean, it's not by leaps and bounds, but it's an improvement regardless of the moving down in the lineup thing. I mean, Voight was going to move down anyway, just because, as you mentioned, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are on the way back. It had nothing to do with Edwin's trade. Uh, it, it does create a little bit of a line of clutter problem just because the Yankees do like to throw one of the outfielders into the DH spot. So Edwin's going to lose a couple of starts here and there. Um, but he gets a ballpark bump. The bottom line is people think of Yankee Stadium as a great homer venue for left-handed hitters. It's also very good for righties, too. By the way, I don't know, Eric, if you've looked at the, the Park Factor page here for the Yankees this year. Yankee Stadium has been, quote, leaning pitching friendly this season, which shows why one-year Park Factors are ridiculous. Past five years, number three, Yankee Stadium in terms of home runs for right-handed batters. T-Mobile Park, Seattle, was a below-average one. It ranked 17th in that category, so... It's a nice plus for him. I don't. I don't look at park factors when it's just this year for two months. Yep. Like, I, I don't five years. Bother. Five years. Do a five year or at least I, a three year. I run. usually use like three years, but like I have a feeling I know what which parks are good and which parks are not good. You know, for whatever we need it out of them. Um, so Edwin moves on. Seattle doesn't have a reasonable replacement that anybody in fantasy would want. Um, when it comes to Clint Frazier now. You know, he was the number 46 outfielder over the past 30 days, uh, number 65, I think, for the season. So it's not like you were relying so much on him that him going to the trip, to AAA is going to kill you. But, like, I, I view this the way I do, like, Keston Cura and, and Brendan Rodgers, who ridiculously wasn't played by his team. This happens to young players. Nobody can argue that Frazier's better than Edwin, um, and neither has defensive acumen. 
So what happens to Frazier now? I don't think they're going to trade him anytime soon. They could. He could be in the Madison Bumgarner trade or Trevor Bauer trade, I suppose. But if you've got Frazier, just move on, right? Yeah, and, and I think that you mentioned Bauer and Bumgarner. I think that's the instance in which he would get traded to another team, and that's going to benefit everybody in terms of him getting regular playing time. This is just a matter of the Yankees would prefer him playing every day in AAA than to be playing twice, maybe three times a week in the majors, and I don't blame them for that. So he's simply going to be a call-up if another injury happens, and it could because of Stanton's history. I know he's been relatively healthy the previous two years before this, but his career has been full of injuries. So it's not inconceivable that Frazier could return here and be meaningful for you but i wouldn't count on it he's now the odd man out very clearly it makes sense it does make sense and i'm sure he's not happy but that's the right he's move. not happy <laughs> he's well, made it clear he's not happy you know a lot of us weren't happy with your and brendan rogers either you know i mean this is what happens to youngsters um okay so the rockies pottery series if if this is what baseball is going to be like i'm not going to complain on today's show but if this is what baseball is going to be like we have to reevaluate re- how we view fantasy because I mean, we would never roster a Rockies pitcher ever, like even their closer. I mean, <laughs> they scored 92 runs in that four-game series. Charlie Blackman was 15 out of 24. Is that correct? I mean, he had an yep. unbelievable week. And power. And the number two player for the week was Ian Desmond, who's still available in ha- more than half of ESPN's leagues. So, uh, like, do you view anything differently? It seems like the golf ball has been bouncing a little bit crazier over the past couple of weeks uh, as opposed to the first two months of the season. I don't know if the baseball is different or not. But um, your thoughts on this Rockies series? It was fun. Uh, I don't know that there's a, a huge takeaway from this. Uh, I'd say Hunter Renfro is a lot better power hitter than I think many of us give credit. Uh, I'll also point out that if, if the baseball is traveling further, I do think it is going to have a, a little bit of a noticeable impact at Coors Field specifically because we've been instructing over the past, especially the half decade as we dig deeper into the numbers, that Coors Field doesn't bump up home runs. It bumps up the run scoring because of the spacious outfield gaps of the balls traveling further. This could bump up every offensive number, including the home runs, and we're going to see more series like this. So just keep that in mind. Is that something you want? I, the only reason I wanted is at least then we know we're locking in Rockies and opposing hitters at Coors Field into every start, every league situations like we did in the 90s. So we might be back to that. I just want clarity, you know, in most things in life. But that is clarity. Then we know who to start and sit. We know, as yeah, you said, yeah. sit, the, sit the pitchers. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just want I just want clarity on what the situation is going to be. The baseball is going to stay like this the rest of the season for the rest of our lives, or it's going to change back after the All Star break. Like, I don't I don't like it going back and forth like this. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, that's what bothers me. I just want and I don't I don't like when pitchers are inconsistent. I just I just be consistent. If you're going to be average, that's okay. At least right. I know. <laughs> right. You know, I think that's what I crave more than anything else. With because like then you can evaluate a player like. Like, we, I've moved on from Joey Votto. But now Carpenter, like, people are saying, well, why aren't you moving on from him? And if the only answer I can give is, look what happened last year, I'm not sure that's a good enough answer anymore. It's mid-June. Yeah. Like, what's my answer on, what's your answer on Matt Carpenter? Is it all-star break? Is Have you already gotten sick of him? Like, what do you do with a player like this who, who has shown he can be a, a two-month, four-month guy, shown he can have 30 home runs, but he's not showing it now? Yeah, I mean, one of the problems in the cases, especially of Votto and Carpenter, is just that it's context-dependent, and the points-based leagues is a whole different approach, and a certain level of patience that you don't see in the Roto leagues. I, I'm with you. you. You move on. By the way, the, I mean, the, the people who are going to continue to back Votto, and I'm not one of them anymore, are going to point out that he had a batting average over 300 in the past 20 days, so he's doing something. 
Carpenter, it's frustrating. I'm I'm concerned about it. Uh, I I probably would be more patient like you are with him than I would be for with Votto. Hmm. But it, yeah, yeah, at some point, you got to make a decision. Yeah, no, I, I, I kept Carpenter in my weekly league. The deadline was last night. Um, I just didn't see anybody else available that was better. That's that's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I did add. I added the Oakland center fielder Laureano in that league, and I benched Castellanos. Um, getting tired of that. Like, I don't know if there's a, a hash brown today on Castellanos, but I've kind of gotten tired of that. And I, I think part. I think Castellanos' problem is dependent on his lineup around him. Like they, he just looks like every at bat, not every at bat, but half the at bats, he's just not coming to play. Yeah, but I challenge that in, this has been going on for a couple of years now, so I don't know why it's exclusive to this year. I'm beginning to wonder, especially with stories coming up about the contract and the trade rumors that surround him, is that it's kind of wearing on him. I, you know, I wonder. I, didn't you view Castellanos before this season as a potential 3,000 guy? He was 2389 oh, last year, yeah. and he yeah. batted 298. Quality contact was extraordinary. I, I'm extremely disappointed in what this he's is. Done. You know, we don't we don't really talk about Castellanos the way we do Votto and Carpenter, but it's kind of the same. He's not hitting for power. He's not knocking anybody in because there's nobody on base for him. Mm-hmm. Not a walker. Not going to hit for average. Like there's just nothing. And defensively, my God, did you see that play this weekend? Like there's just nothing there. So, <laughs> like at least Laureano had a good week. I probably missed the good week, and I won't get it anyway. Lots of names to get to before we move on. So I'll go briefly here. Bauer shut out Detroit. Is that more about Bauer or the Tigers? Uh, I, I'm going to say that's more about Bauer, but I could see either case here. Because if you said to me, who, which right-handed pitcher could do what Ryu's done for the last two and a half months? Bauer can do that. Bauer can have that Chris Medlin second half. Yeah, he could. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a, a dominant righty who strikes everybody out. And and Ryu last night <laughs> looks amazing. I just hate saying like he's he's going to get hurt. I think he'll fall yeah. short of thirty starts because the Dodgers don't need him to make thirty. They have a ten game lead. But man, yep. he looks unbelievable. That's the Cy Young winner. He's going to end up like seventeen and four with a one eighty ERA and win the Cy Young. That's what I think is going to happen. Over to, like twenty eight starts. Your, to your point about the Dodgers, they are considering throwing a guy in there this week, so it does signal they're always thinking about giving extra rest to their pitchers. Going back to the Indians, because I wrote this in Forecaster, I wonder whether the return of Mike Clevenger, coupled with what's an outrageously good hitting schedule, could begin to build some team wide momentum there. And if that is the case, that could also be what sparks Bauer's hot streak. I, I have nothing to quantify that, but what if they're they're like a game out of the wild card? They're not giving up. That that would be. I'm not. Yeah, silly. and I'm not suggesting that they would give up. It's just that this is an, a perfect opportunity for them to begin rolling that big snowball down the hill. You know. <laughs> All right. Uh, injuries. Noah Syndergaard with a right hamstring strain. It doesn't sound too serious. Um, they have no reasonable replacement, so I think it's only probably one week, and then by next weekend. He's probably back again. You do not drop Syndergaard in any league, I don't think. Um, Kyle Hendricks, right shoulder inflammation. That's a little bit different. Not a leg. Uh, he goes on the injured list. They're saying with him also, probably only one start. If you've been relying on Hendricks, you should continue to. Mm-hmm. But Adbert Alzole, uh, young right-hander, skinny right-hander, could make uh, his debut. Yep. Uh, or could be Tyler Chatwood for Kyle's sake. But like Alzole, <laughs> I would like to see what he can do. <laughs> Any thoughts on these two guys? Uh, Alzale was pretty disappointing last year and also dealt with some injuries, but has been a lot sharper in AAA. So I, I think he's an interesting arm. And considering how tough it is to fill the pitching spots this year, certainly worth a flyer. I, not in our standard game, but in anything deeper, really. Hunter Pence and Norma Mazzara have MRI appointments for today for leg injuries. Pence is a groin, Mazzara is a hamstring. I, I think I'd rather roster Pence than Mazzara. Wouldn't you? 
I know it's crazy because of his age, but Mazar is having another one of those boring 20 home run seasons with a 260 batting average. There's no reason to expect anything's going to change. Well, Pence is already at 15 home runs and he's batting near 300. Now they're both going on the injury list, I think. Uh, Willie Calhoun will come up. Um, your thoughts here. If I said to you, Pence, Mazar, Willie Calhoun for the rest of the season, who would you prefer to roster? <laughs> Oh, jeez. Well, that's a fair statement. Because I know it is. You could I, drop either of those guys. I've got Pence everywhere. Uh, and that's that I've added like one league. It's Chris Taylor. I couldn't get anybody else. I got outbid. Uh, another league. It was Alex Gordon who did nothing last week. Like Willie Calhoun or Pence or Mazzara. I think you can make the case for Calhoun here. You you can. I You could really make the case for any of these. And I would love to just chase the hot streaks if I had the opportunity. I think my projections are going to tell me that Mazzara is the one I want. I can completely see just taking Pence and hoping it pans out. Is Mazzara doing- not just the definition of replacement level in today's game? Yeah, he's not even that. All right. I mean, 20 yeah. home runs and 260. Yeah. That's Look, we keep waiting for that guy. And, and I'm not blaming you. You keep recommending him because of his age and because of some of the underlying metrics that tell us he should be hitting 30 home runs and doing better than this. But he's just not doing it. This is like the fourth straight year. He's just not right. doing it. And, and and the metrics are all right this year. Ground ball rate's still pretty high. It's not a super elite in this modern environment, a hard contact rate. So I've become more lukewarm about Nomar Mazzara. I just do you want to do you want to trust the Pence does stay healthy long enough for you? I, you know what? Right now it does make a lot of sense to do that. And Calhoun, it's not enough of a sample to say he's figured it out. All right, let's hear from our friends at SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It is as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site's annoying and doesn't have the events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you are looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets. So you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. A quick look at the App Store shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, then erases each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals, red dots are overpriced, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you can shop for tickets with confidence. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the promo code, download the SeatGeek app today, and use promo code FFB for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. Now, time for the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal! Tony Kemp, Kevin Pillar, Christian Yelich, and Eric Thames are the four players who had combo meals since our last show. Probably not much to say about Kemp. Pillar is just a batting average on-base drag, but he could end up with 15 in homers, 15 steals. Yelich is currently leading the league in home runs and stolen bases. Last time that happened. (laughs) Seems awfully rare to me. And Eric Thames, who, I mean, Jesus Aguilar just is not turning it around. Jesus Aguilar hit 35 home runs last season, and now he's available in every league. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It it is, and they're using them pretty smartly. They they worked them in here initially from the uh, the righty lefty platoon going on with uh, Aguilar, and I think you are going to see more of Thames if he keeps this up. And Yelich is showing 
no signs of stopping what he's doing. Uh, his his numbers over the last like what 162 games are like 50 something homers and yeah. like a 370 batting average. Like, and he's running. Like, he doesn't even need to steal bases, and he's doing it. It's amazing what he's I doing. I like your question about the uh, the league leader in both categories, just because if you think of where stolen bases were, if you flash back 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, it would be tough to do that. Yeah. Even Ricky Henderson didn't have a prayer of doing it. Well, when's the last time anybody led the league in both? I. I, I don't know. Been... And we got a tweet today from our friend Tom the intern who said that Yelich is top three in all five of the player Raider categories. That's got to be something we've never seen before in this I era. I would not be shocked if Trout had a year where he qualified as top five. I'd have to, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to dig that one up, but it's gonna take a little time. <laughs> all right, um, let's move it on now and let's talk about the closers in the carousel. The, the closer carousel. carousel. Okay, um, who do we need to discuss here? Uh, Cardinals, I don't think so, because Carlos Martinez got a two-inning save on Sunday, but Jordan Hicks was was warming up. Martinez just didn't throw that many pitches in the eighth inning, and it was the Mets. There was, like, no threat at the bottom of their lineup, although they had pinch hitters coming up. I thought it was a bit odd. Like, why would you have Hicks warm up? Warming up is not like p- pitching in a game, mm-hmm. but, like, I've seen it with the Phillies. Like, Pat Nishik will warm up, and that they view that as an actual outing. I don't think... Hicks is losing the job. I think it's. I think he's still their closer. The um, now yes. one of the things that makes me curious about Martinez is that I know he has said, and I do believe the Cardinals have uh, given hints of this that it's the rotation for him pretty soon. Really? I, I just read this over the weekend. I'm trying to put together the notes for the closer chart, and it. he he has expressed it. Okay. And my understanding is at least, you know, and, and it's possible that people are passing on information secondhand and they're interpreting interpreting his words for the team's words. But there are hints that they're going to work him back towards the rotation in the second half. Uh, do you drop Wade Davis of the Rockies? That, that's the guy I thought we would talk about most. Uh, no, I, I think that was just one of those weird series. And I think he's going to be all right on the road. But I, I am alarmed here. And, and Scott Oberg's been fine behind him. You? No, I mean, it was just one of those weekends at Coors Field. They happen. I, I mean, they shouldn't happen, but they do. That was crazy. Um, he was hit hard in that ninth inning. But again, it, it was yep. like a golf ball, just pounding all like a pinball machine. It was crazy what was going on there. I still think Wade Davis gets more than 25 saves a season, up to 30. I can see that happening. Yeah. I mean, look, I've been saying for a while, Oberg's better than Davis. But, you know, the Rockies don't care about that. Because <laughs> um, they're paying them that way, you know. When you pay those closer contracts, you got to give them saves. <laughs> We're down um, for the Angels for sure. Yeah, the Angels. By the way, um, Cody Allen got cut. Yep. How about that? Yep. Now he'll find work. You know, on a bad team, Baltimore could make him their closer tomorrow. Yep. But um, like you and I weren't surprised that Cody Allen was bad. You know, we he was bad last we year. No. I, mean, I didn't invest anywhere. Up. There's been something up over the past calendar year with Cody Allen, and maybe it gets fixed somewhere else. As you said, I mean, Baltimore, they've got Michael Givens, who's also having similarly ugly outings lately. So, Yeah, briefly, ignore Baltimore. You don't want Michael Givens. Um, other teams, you're ignoring Seattle. You don't want Rowanis Elias or Hunter Strickland, I don't think. We've discussed that on every show. Right. Um, Toronto, I think uh, Ken Giles misses this week and then comes back. You don't want their replacements. Right. I still say Sean Kelly over Jose LeClerc. No... I think you were right there. That's yeah. so that that you've changed your mind on. Um, and I hate to do it, but you know you gotta go where the saves are, and it looks like that's the direction. Um, Philadelphia, it's still Hector Neris. He yep. saved Saturdays, Blue Fridays. Um, Luke Jackson uh, giving up some runs now, but I don't see any reason why AJ Minter would take that job. And Newcomb started 
and got hit in the head by a ball. Um, Boston, still no clarity. Right. And There's an avoiding team, Kansas City, and throw them there too. Ian Kennedy actually got some saves this past week. I, I, I know he's Ian Kennedy, but and and he could get he could have a Holland esque you know month where he gets two, but he's got like what five saves already this month, doesn't he? Something like that. Anyway, five since May 29th. Yeah. That's a lot. That's like up with the leaders. Do you do you really feel comfortable? It's not predictive. It's you, not predictive at all. Yeah, I mean, do you feel comfortable locking in Ian Kennedy? There's some spots where I can, you know, squeeze value out. I mean, I can put him in my starter spot and get potential saves around my other starting pitchers, but there's no, not much I'm tired there. of I'm tired of rostering players like that. Like then you get one save. I, I seem to lose saves every week in Vampire. It's just not worth it anymore. I don't want to deal with it. How'd you do in Vampire this week? I didn't check. Another five five tie. Oh! If Justin Turner had batted one more time, if they don't, if the Dodgers don't score in the bottom of the eighth, Justin Turner would have batted in the ninth. If he made an out, I would have won. If, if he had made an out. But he didn't. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Man, I'm not making the playoffs. So that's all that really counts. Let's get to the schedule. Full slate. Uh, not a full slate, but most of a slate on Monday. ESPN Plus has Zach Wheeler and the Mets at Atlanta against Mike Soroka. Braves clearly the best team in the NL East. I think they're going to run away with it. Um, so the Phillies are playing for a wild card. Soroka, I'll be very interested. We've talked about it all year. Um, you know, when will they skip starts? An injury stint that they don't need to have. Same as Paddock on the Padres. But you use both of them today. Um, yep. and then ESPN game at, later at night has uh, Tyler Beatty way over his head at Dodger Stadium against <laughs> Kenta Maeda. You yeah. do not want to consider that at all. But there's some interesting stuff. Justin Upton's coming off the injured list for the Angels. They play today. Yes, and at you Toronto. know who they face? Edwin Jackson. Edwin oh Jackson. So get Justin Upton right in your lineups, folks. Yes, yes. yes um, yes. Yanni Trinos at Yankee Stadium. Uh, you know they don't have everybody back yet. Trinos is good. Will you use him? Yeah, uh, I like Torino. He has very good stuff, uh, and, and I love the consistency inning over inning as I watch him pitch. The only concern here is just the weather's not exactly the greatest in New York today, so just keep an eye on it. Mike Clevenger back for Cleveland at Texas. Yeah, Texas, last I look, were leading the majors in runs per game. But no Pence, no Mazzara today. You have to use Clevenger. Yeah, and, and even with the likely pitch limit, it should be decent enough for him to go five-plus innings. Can you I'm, make I'm, the yeah. case, Lance Lynn over Clevenger today? Because Lance <laughs> Lynn's facing a bad Indians lineup. You read my wow. mind. You read my mind. Right? I've, I've been wondering this myself. I like Lance Lynn for today. I don't think it's going to be a great outing, but I think he meets the quality start threshold. If he gives you seven and three, good could be a he win. the win. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just no sign that Jose Ramirez is turning anything around. Nothing. How bad is he right now? <laughs> it's uh, terrible. Yeah, I mean that's the bus of the year. He's he's no Rick and Porcello, it's not close. But, you know, no, I don't even know who's second. Not. Like it's not Vado. Like I don't know who even second is in bust of the year talk. It's Jose Ramirez is clearly winning this. It's he's a sub six hundred OPS. I know. I mean yeah. at least Vado could bat three hundred the rest of the year without power. But Ramirez, oh my <sighs> god! Tuesday ESPN Plus has Ivan Nova of the White Sox. Uh, going uptown to, fa- oh, I don't even know where that is. Against Cole Hamels, that's at Wrigley. So wait, South Side is South the Cubs. Cause South Side is, is a White Sox, right? Right. North Side of the Cubs. Right. Um, Hamels is great. He should so do great here. So they're going north for this game. So it is going north. Yes. We're, um, we're getting the orient, orienteering on the show. You know, we're practicing a bit. Don't use Zach Plesak at Texas, uh, no matter what their lineup looks like. Uh, Mitch Keller, man, I, I can't recommend him anymore until he, and he, he's at home against Detroit. You almost couldn't have a better matchup. Than that. So four runs in the first inning and then four brilliant innings to follow it. Yeah, I mean, Castellanos homers in the first and then there's nothing until the sixth. I mean, like, Ooh. maybe there's something 
there that Keller just can't get through the first inning? I, I don't know. You're going back to Plesak over Keller, I'm going to bet. <laughs> I like Plesak's opponent, by the way. You've mentioned him before. Adrian Sampson, Adrian Sampson has been striking even if he, people out. Yeah. Even if he's a follower in this game. What about Jordan Yamamoto of Miami at St. Louis? I saw, I saw some surprising bids on him this weekend. Uh, I don't I don't think at St. Louis is exactly a great spot for him, but his first outing was good. Yeah, it, it's it's not a great spot. I I kind of like the guy hate the matchup, so I'll lean no here. But hmm, at I'm what point do we start to get concerned about Jack Flaherty, that ERA and WHIP? Well, I mean, at this point, I think anybody who's had a questionable year, you have to be a bit concerned about. I still think that based on the command numbers he's showing, I know they've been in a little inconsistent start over start. I think for the year, they've been good enough that I'm still a buyer, but it's fair for you to ask. It's very fair. On to Wednesday now. There are day baseball games on Wednesday, so please prepare. But at night, ESPN Plus has John Gray, who ended up losing that Rockies game on Sunday by throwing ball. He, 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 well, he, he the lost pitcher. it. He didn't, he didn't get the L, but he absorbed right. it yeah, for the team. Well, it was two intentional walks that get charged to him, which doesn't seem fair. But they were all, it was all charged in technicalities of Davis, but it was Somebody lost their weekly league. <laughs> Because John Gray had, came in and was told to give two and, intentional walks. Yep. That he didn't actually throw pitches on. Yeah. That's not fair. I, Gray I faces Zach Greinke, and then ESPN, ESPN regular has Drew Pomerantz and Rich Hill. I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot to say there. So um, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll just move it on. After this, it's Myriad Hash Browns. All right, I'm sure there's plenty of awesome questions, so let's get to them. There were, but first, you're saying that Coors series could be the new norm. You really think we're going to see 90-plus runs in a series again? That Only in Denver. But oh, my God. A point I was going to make is that even with the ridiculous run scoring now and more than a 1,000 home run pace from last year, like, come on. This isn't all hitters just changing no, their ways. this is insane. This is the baseball. But there's still Hyunjin Ryu doing what he's doing. There's yeah. still good pitching performances, which is the point I wanted to make. Is like Lucas Giolito doesn't care about your baseball. He's dominating right now. But it's not even guys like that. Like Jake Odorizzi is going to win 20 games a season despite this baseball. Brandon Woodruff could win 16 with 200 strikeouts. Like even in an era now where there's crazy run scoring and home runs, I mean, you still got Charlie Morton and Mike Miner. How is Mike Miner doing this? Zach Davies has a 260 ERA. How? Despite all the home runs. Yeah. We keep waiting for Zach Davies to implode. I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm checking something on here. Did you mention Dakota Hudson? He's good. I he really I like Hudson. I don't know that I agree with you on no? that. He, he's been pitching good. He's been pitching well, <laughs> We're doing yeah. great with our grammar here. Well, six, six quality starts in a row, but... I don't know. I think he's. I think he's all right. He is, but he's not. He's not great. Okay. Yeah. No. Not like great. He's making, that. Like Zach Davies, he's making a lot with a little. I feel like five years ago, to go to Hudson would be a top twenty starter. Like he'd be on the verge of that. We'd be looking yeah. at him and saying, "Wow, that's impressive." But it, it's just he's got to yeah. be consistent, and it's it's really hard. Like if Zach Davies can do it, anybody can do it. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. Obviously, nobody had a shot this weekend in Denver to pitch well. But, and you see, the only guy who did it, I saw this on the tweet, like, Luis Perdomo had, like, five shutout innings. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> Luis Perdomo. Oh, yeah, the guy right? they bring in and give spot starts and make him followers. Oh, jeez. Just- By the way, Kyle, you ask, you know, it's like, is this the new norm? How many times do we see records set in terms of run scoring or home runs or the like, and then they repeat? 
Yeah, it's like three pointers in the NBA. Like it's kind of just that moving in that direction. But this week, I have 92 runs in four games. Obviously, when we say the new norm, we don't Holy mean 92 moly. runs. I know, I know. But but 75 in a four game series. I guess. Yeah. Not, not crazy I, anymore. All right, let's uh, get to some not crazy hash browns. Not crazy. Mark wants to know if your interest level in Colin Moran is there. Likely adding second base eligibility soon. No, I could not care less. Hard pass. I mean, there's just nothing there, and second base is not that much weaker than third base, if it is at all. So I'm going to say, no, I don't care. I mean, it's nice that he's adding eligibility. If you're in an NL-only league, you're like, oh, no, I can move in the middle infield. But, I mean, Kyle Moran's going to end up hitting, what, 16 home runs and batting 260? Is that exciting? It matters. Like, look, I had to replace. So in NL Labor this week, finally they demoted Brendan Rodgers. I'm, I'm, look, I, I say finally I'm glad. If they're not going to play him, demote him. And they didn't wait until after Monday's deadline. So I got to pick up somebody. So I can I have all these players like Baez and Machado I can move around second short third but I had nobody I could put in there on my bench. Uh so I had to actually sign a guy, pick up a guy and I got Sean Rodriguez who's now apparently the new third baseman for the Phillies. But it would have been nice to have like another player who could be moved around. Mm-hmm. I have six outfielders there. So I couldn't move any of the outfielders to an infield spot. If I could have moved one to corner, I could have gotten away with this. But. So Moran could have been the puzzle piece that helps in this situation. Yeah, like, but he's not the guy you're going to get in order to lead you or to believe in something no. better. Like I have, un- I have unreserved Dom Smith, who I'd like to activate, but mm-hmm. I can't. There's no room. You, the guy's got a 215 point OPS split in his career. Moran, he's, he's a platoon player. This is Lonnie Chisenhall and Matt Joyce. I'm trying yeah. to think of a few others. No, like that's that. that's what it looks like to me too. Like he just can't hit lefties. Maybe someday he will. But, but that's adding the weeks, second base. No. The, like the weeks where they're playing a couple games against weaker pitchers or in the right park or against a bunch of righties, there's probably something there. All right, what's next? All right, we got a few questions here. We're going to go quick, rapid fire here on players if you need to hold on to them or not. Ian Happ, any fantasy relevance? No, not at all. Tristan? Lean to that, yeah. Bradley Zimmer? No, no, no. Matt Olson? I think he's playing this year. Uh, Matt Olson, yes. I mean, that's, that's a top 20 first baseman, but not a top 10 first baseman. But there's a lot of guys like Matt Olson that are going to hit 25 home runs and bat 260. So, I mean, with the guys like that, I just kind of take when they're hot or when they when they have the schedules right or when they have good ballparks, right? I mean, Matt Olson, I view Matt Olson similarly to, let me pull up the names here and say who I say. Like, like I recommended him in a Thursday free agent blog recently and said, well, he could do pretty much what this guy can do, like CJ Crone or Vogelbach or um, Yandy Diaz or Christian Walker. They're all kind of similar. It just kind of depends on the schedule. You can stream first base if you want to, actually. I heart Matt Olson. This is this is Adam Dunn's prime, I think, coming. I think that's what the career is going to look like. Does it have more or less value now than it did when Adam Dunn was doing it? Less, but yeah. but remember that in the especially the sabermetrically inclined leagues and the points leagues. So By the way, Adam uh, Adam Dunn, the last player to be leading the league in home runs to get traded at that time. Hmm. Wow, I like that. Okay, so now Edwin is next. Right, Edwin or Prime Dunn, who has more value? Or <laughs> Dunn when he got traded. You know what's amazing about Edwin? Like he's obviously not going to win a batting title or ever no. steal a base, but. In home runs, RBI, and runs scored, he's on pace to shatter all his career highs. And I don't see that stopping. He's never scored 100 runs before. And even if he bats 6th or 7th for the Yankees, like, look who's batting behind him. Like, other teams' cleanup hitters, Torres <laughs> and Didi. Yeah. 
Like, oh, how many teams would Didi and Torres be batting third and fourth? They're batting eighth and ninth now for the Yankees next week. And and I'd argue watching him, he hasn't had all that extraordinary a season. I haven't been that wowed by what he's done, which tells you a lot about the home run environment nowadays. Yeah, I mean, basically he's doing in line what he's been doing in the past, but now the different baseball is helping him. Anyway, um, anyway, go on. The last one for this rapid fire thing. Jesse Winker just turns 26 in August in a dynasty format. You keeping or cutting? I didn't expect this. I, I did think Winker would, would go past 20 home runs, but I thought for sure he would bat for like 280 because of his plate discipline. It's just it's a weird season for him. I'll tell you what. Someday, Jesse Winker someday is batting 300 with 30 home runs in a season. So you not, think this is a weird season, not the norm? Yeah, I think this is a little bit aberrant. He's trying to figure it all out still. Um and they, had, they need to let him play against lefties and to learn how to do it. But um, if you want to drop Jesse Winker this season, I don't have a problem with that. But in Dynasty, no way. That's a – if I was writing, like, guys you don't have to roster now that play, play regularly, but someday you'll love them, he'd be on that list. He'd be on a top 10 hitter list of hitters who eventually are going to be really, really good. And I'm trying to think of, like, anyone else to, like, comp it to. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. – like, like I would have said that last year about Kingery. It's still going to happen. It's happening now. Right. Um, I don't think it was happening with Mazzara. I think Jesse Winker is already more valuable than Mazzara. Anyway. That could go either direction, but I, I absolutely see your point. Winker has the ability to hit 30 home runs and bat 300. Right. I don't the, know the, when he'll do it, but he will. The 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 plate discipline school, uh, school <laughs> skills are a lot better than Mazzara's. Um, but like I, Jack Peterson used to have plate discipline. You know, and yeah. and and speed. He was thirty thirty in AAA when he got called yeah. up. Yeah, and then when he got called to the majors, stop running. He stopped running, mm-hmm. and in his second year, he stopped being disciplined at the plate. He was just right. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit a home run every time. And he's hit a lot of them. I mean, you know, only against he, righties. He has nothing against lefties. Right, but if you guess how many home runs he had this year, I think a lot of people are going to undershoot by a couple of. Um, I even if I was to dial back your projection to the three hundred and thirty. What if, what if he is Nick Markakis's past year and a half? If that is what his it's prime is. It's more power. But I ask, if that is what his prime is, are we really going to complain? I think it's worth keeping in Dynasty. Dynasties are typically deep. Oh. You're keeping players forever. That would still be a very good player. And, and in the Dynasties, I'm playing the ones that count the walks. I don't think anybody thinks Nick Markakis is a good Dynasty player. No. His numbers, his performance statistically for the past calendar year and a half, if that is Jesse Winker's career, like at the prime of his career, give him 10 years of that performance, are we going to complain? Yeah, I think we will, actually. I'm going to say we will because I, I think Winker is showing this year that he has enough power to hit 25 homers a year, and Marcakis doesn't. So okay. I think it would be a little disappointing if he was just Marcakis. That's, you know. Okay. It's a different way of looking at it. I just think Winker has more in him to put up bigger numbers. All right. Yeah, I'm just thinking like if it's 290-20 instead of 330. I guess. I, I don't think we complain. I think we got to take it. Maybe we will complain. We shouldn't. All right. Let's let's um, let's hear from our pals at ZipRecruiter now. Finding a new job is a lot of work. What if you had your own personal recruiter to help you find a better job? Now, ZipRecruiter's technology can do exactly that for you. Just download the ZipRecruiter job search app. Let it know what kind of jobs you are interested in. And its technology starts doing the work for you. The ZipRecruiter app finds jobs you will like and puts your profile in front of employers who may be looking for someone just like you. If an employer likes your profile, ZipRecruiter lets you know. So if you're interested in the job, you can apply. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated job search app. 
And based on a third-party survey, 7 out of 10 people who found a new job on ZipRecruiter increased their salaries. Disclaimer, these were the results of a 2017 U.S. survey of more than 500 ZipRecruiter users who got hired for a job they found on ZipRecruiter. Our listeners should download the free ZipRecruiter job search app today and let the power of technology work for you. Don't wait. The sooner you download the free ZipRecruiter job search app, the sooner it can help you find a better job. All right. Man writes in with another question here. If you're ranking now for 2020, so forget the rest of this year, where does Lucas Giolito figure in the pitcher tiers? Man, that could almost be a name game, right? I mean, because you could make the case. (laughs) um, It's your podcast, Eric. It can be whatever you want it to be. I, I say this. Truthfully, it is not my podcast. But if you want to play that sound, I will listen to it. Everybody wants to hear a name game. Hidley Hodley. Diddly Doolittle. What? The Dilly of a Pickle. <laughs> diddly Doodly Ned Flanders. Dilly Wall. The Dilly of a Pickle. I say Diddly Doodly. Da, da, da. The Dilly of a Pickle. We can't do the drop. With all the Diddly Delightbird. It's the Dilly of a Pickle. Come on. Dibbly Dibbly Do. Whatever, you know. That's an even Dillier of a Pickle. You just Dilly Dallied your way into another thing. Got a name for you. I'm Sultan of Stat. Bro Stat. Dog Stat. I have kids of Stat. Hamster of Stat. Wife Stat. Goldfish of Stat. <laughs> Mrs. of Stat. Something's wrong with you. I want to play a little game of Trash Tristan here. Tristan, trash is Tristan. Yeah, 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 it all went bad. Are you singing that? We're having an intervention. <laughs> when is the intervention anyway? Yeah, I was just going to, like, when is that going to happen? I need I, to know. I need to put it on my calendar. I feel like you're long overdue for it. Oh, it's an all-star break kind of thing. <laughs> is that okay, what it is? Okay, I'll write it down. Hold on. All right, so looking at, um, let's see here. Where is your last, all right, so looking at your last rankings, I don't see Giolito... Man, he's number 38. But I think it's fair to say that if he keeps doing what he's doing, he will be a top 20 pitcher for 2020 drafts. But how about Giolito versus Steven Strasburg for next year? I mean, are we? Are, do we want to assume we're gonna, he's going to do what he's been doing for the past six weeks? Is, if that's well, let's say he doesn't do to, quite what he's doing. Right. But, but, but he I, does like – he get, say he's Trevor Bauer the rest of the season. Wouldn't you have to rank right, him the way right. we do Trevor Bauer next but, year? But I feel a little bit like that's that's what we're assuming if he performs as he did recently. I think a lot of it has to do with the wins. He's, he's had a very good very good performance right, in that particular so category. I, I, I think top 20 is undershooting it. Giolito versus Trevor Bauer next year. I Bauer, just because I'm going to project it forward the way I expect it's going to play out. What about in a dynasty? Yeah, that's... Oh, that, that's... All right, so I'm, I'm versus, beginning to think Giolito has really figured it out that this that this is it. It kind of looks legit to me. Yeah, because you got to remember where he was when he was breaking through with the Nationals at the majors. I mean, he was considered a future Cy Young guy. So, I, you know what? I think you're underselling this a little. Like, if I if you ask me to find ten pitchers that I will definitively rank over <laughs> Giolito for next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to come up with a list. Okay? Yeah. I'm Max just Scherzer. wondering where you're thinking I'm undershooting this a little, underselling it. I'm, Scherzer, Sale, Verlander, DeGrom, yep. Garrett Cole is yep. a top five for now and next year. Yes. Okay? Okay. I still think Bauer, Blake yep. Snell. Mm-hmm. Bueller? Bueller, Bueller, Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola's been... Are you been sure about Nola? No, I'm not. I'm exactly. not at all sure. Yep. Kershaw, no. Not putting him in my top ten. I, I, I kind of think Giolito and Bauer are like 9 and 10 right now. 
Like, I can't find 10. Is basically what I'm telling you. Like, Bueller is going to move up. Like, looking at your current rankings, and obviously they need to be updated because Carlos Carrasco's out. But Bueller, Strasburg. Yeah, I love how he got hurt right after the Bauer. Like, they're like top 10. Like, you have Strasburg 8. That's fair. But I, I, this is the thing. If Giolito does what he is doing right now through the end of the year, I don't think there's any doubt he belongs ahead of Strasburg. So that's why I don't think I'm, uh, you know, under, am I underselling it or overselling it? I, I'm with you. I think he is a top 10 guy at this this rate of performance. But does he keep it up? I, it's, it's, it's impossible for anybody to keep it up quite like this. And he just beat the Yankees, too. I know. But... And he's probably going to beat I, Boston. And, next. and I'll keep saying this: you're undershooting Granky. Like I don't know how Granky's not closer to your top ten. Uh, he had one bad outing on opening day, and since then he's mm-hmm. been amazing. Uh, he's like the number three starter for the season. He shouldn't be number seventeen. I don't well, care if he throws hard, like ten or eleven, like legitimately ten or eleven. If and looking told, at who's on here, he might well do that, but he's not going ahead of Ryu. No, but but he's they, they would both be Corbin. ahead of Paxton for me. Yep, They'd both be ahead of Carrasco, Nola. I, you know, Corbin's been kind of erratic of late. But this is how quickly the thing changes. I mean, Syndergaard, Nola, Paxton, Corbin. It I didn't mean, change for me on Granky. I, I don't know where I have Granky right now, but he, he has to be around number 10, 11, 12. But that's where he's going to be in the next one. My point being that the guys ahead of him are, are now obviously behind him. So I don't think it's really a lot has changed with Granky. All right. So we like Giolito is basically what we're saying. We think he could be a top 10 pitcher in next year drafts. Wow. I think that's fair. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. He's at the very least an SP2, right? Like if he's your, he, maybe you're not comfortable with him as your first pitcher, but pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. All right. You kind of touched on this a little earlier with Castellanos. Does he need to still be rostered nearly as many strikeouts as hits no. this year? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. If you want to move on from Nick Castellanos, um, wow. you know, Tristan Asim is his number 24 outfielder. I feel like it should be like 40. Like, okay. we're in mid-June now. Like, I don't know what else we need to see here. Like, he's just not getting it done. And I think part of it is because of his contract and the mess around him. And, you know, like, I would have Castellanos ranked at, like, number 40, which means he still should be rostered. So maybe that's not even fair, <laughs> you know. But, like, if you said to me Castellanos versus Jack Peterson the rest of the year, I don't think it's P- I don't think it's Castellanos. If you say Aaron Hicks, I would take Hicks. I'm not sure I'd have Castellanos 40. Like, where would I have Votto now? He's not, mm-hmm. certainly not in the top 20 first baseman. Mm-hmm. I agree so, with you on Hicks. I don't on Peterson. Peterson, I feel, is too role Give me Trey Mancini over Castellanos. I want power out of certain outfielders. I don't care if they steal bases or if they score runs or bat 290. Right now, Castellanos is helping in zero categories. Nary a category. At least <laughs> Trey Mancini is hitting for power. And he bats second, so he scores whatever runs they can muster. Yeah, and he has the park that helps him. You ask me Castellanos versus Austin Riley, I'll take Riley. You ask me Eloy, I'll take Eloy. But both Padres sl- two dimensional, one dimensional sluggers, Fran Mill and Renfro. At least they're going to hit thirty home runs. Castellanos might not hit twenty. So yes, I'm. You know what? I'm dropping Castellanos, and I don't think it's crazy at this point. I don't think it's crazy either. I think it's going to come right down to for what? If it's for somebody asked about Jared Dyson adding him for different uh, players, but. There's no, I mean, unless you desperately need the stolen bases and that's the only spot in your roster you can do it, I'm not doing that. It's, it's always we, down to what you're replacing. We keep ripping with. Nomar Mazzara and he's better numbers than Castellanos. Okay. It's just, uh, yes, we did like Castellanos back in March. Maybe me more than you. I thought there was potential for a 30-100 season. 
It's just, it's not happening. I don't think there's any way you liked him more than I did. Well, no chance of that. So uh, that, this is one of my biggest busts of the year. I, I'm not going to hide behind that. No, it happens. A lot I of was, players. He's on the Tristan's 20. I, I think I had him my, my number 19 outfielder for the for the year going in. So it's been a huge bust. Yeah. And no. I'll tell you this. He is getting one thing that a lot of these other examples we haven't that we've given are not. And that is he's going to be locked into that premium lineup spot and they're going to play him. There are worse things to be. Than yeah, no, there's a volume potential there. But, He's going to be given every opportunity to fix this, which I mean, is if you not want me to the tell case you, for a lot. You, I pick up Avisel Garcia over Castellanos. How about Vada? Uh, <laughs> I, I, give up on both. To pick up Ramon Laureano over both yeah. of those guys. Mm-hmm. Marquecas, at least you know, is safe in batting average and RBI. I won't go that far. But, well, if it's a points league, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If it's a points league, there you points go. Definitely Marquecas. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Briley, I won't go that far, but... Jackie he's Bradley's performed shown a well. lot in the he's last month. Yeah, he's performed quite well in the past. Let, let's put it this way. Jorge Soler is going to hit 30 home runs. He might hit 40. He might break the Royals record for home runs in a season. Castellanos might not hit 20 home runs. Why would we take Castellanos over Soler knowing what we've seen through almost three months of the season? I'm not going to do it anymore. I think Soler is going to keep doing what he's doing, be a one slash two category provider in fantasy. I think Jorge Soler might hit 40 home runs. I don't think Castellanos is going to top 20. Solaire. And I don't want to keep having this conversation in mid-August as people are keep rostering Castellanos saying, when's it going to happen? Well, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look, I did have Josh Donaldson in my drop column on Thursday, and then he homered every day against the Phillies. Phillies have given up the most home runs in the National League. Now, if Donaldson keeps doing that, I'll change my mind. But I still see Josh Donaldson as a kind of a hollow 2570 guy who bats 260. In this era, that's not that exciting. Now, that was that was a hell of a Saturday homer though. It was a monster shot. It was a golf ball shot. And um you know, the Phillies obviously don't have his starter or two-thirds of a bullpen. So I can't say I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm all about the quality of contact for these kinds of players. And um, when I take the the casual glance at uh Jorge Soler, his metrics don't look all that much better than Castellanos, and he unquestionably has a worse ballpark to hit homers. <laughs> Except one of them has more than twice as many homers as the other. And t- I'll be honest with you, I don't care about that. I care about what comes. Okay, and, so and maybe what it tells, tells you, us what? what tells you that Solaire can't keep doing what he's doing. The fact that he's not making contact, it doesn't matter in this era. In this era, you don't yeah. have to make contact to hit 35 home runs. He's right. going to hit 35 home runs. You, you can't just ex- extrapolate. I mean, this comes back to the question about 92 runs in Coors Field in four games. You can't just expect a, a literal repeat of this. He's in a terrible ballpark for power. He I'm really t- is. I'm telling you that if a player okay, has 18 home runs in 70 games, despite a terrible contact rate, yeah. I look at the home runs. He's trying to hit home runs. He's not trying to do anything else. Okay, he has more home runs than extra than other ex, extra base hits, and I see this as all reasonable in this era. If I if you double Solaire's numbers, okay, that means he plays one forty two games. That's thirty six home runs. Mm-hmm. Terrible contact rate, bad batting average, nary a stolen base, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. He's still going to blow away Nick Castellanos this season in fantasy value. Okay. The, the, the extrapolating by doubling the numbers I just is not the way to look at these things. I, I see your point about he has done it, and therefore he could very well do it again, but I choose not to look at this that way. I choose to look at it like based on the situation, the quality of contact, and I don't see much better stuff for Solaire. So I'll tell you, our end of, our end of year lunch, 
Yeah, let's decide it on this. Who hits more homers, Soler or Castellanos? I don't feel good about this, but I'm taking Castellanos. I mean, for the rest of the season or yep. for the entirety of the season? The re- oh, then you're spotting me something if you're giving me for the rest of the for, for the final number counting what's in the bank. Are you kidding me? I, I think for the rest of the season, Soler hits more than Castellanos. Okay. And right. I don't know how you can say otherwise. Forward, lunch is on the line. Is yep. that what I just heard? Yeah. And I win lunch either and I way? Think, I, think, I think Eric no, very well will win this, but I think that's competitive. If, then why would you do it? Because like, I think it's that's like you're fighting. Because you're dismissing him based on numbers that have already happened, and I think you're grasping too much to yesterday's stats, and I don't think those matter. I think everything that Soler is doing right now is legitimate, and everything that Castellanos is doing right now also looks legitimate. His homer to fly ball rate is not legitimate, not based on the quality of content. And again, I'm not digging deep into the stat cast metrics. There could be something I'm totally not seeing, in which case I'm being an idiot here. But... 24, a 24% homer to fly ball rate? I don't see it continuing in Kansas City. I don't. All right. This is a new era. Some of these stats have to be melded a little bit differently. And what's the, okay, what's the final homer to fly ball rate number for him? I asked you this about another player last week and I, I couldn't get on board with you with a 30%. I couldn't. I'm, I, I think 30% is too high. I will grant you that. Okay. Is 24% too high for Soler in that ballpark? It seems high. It seems unsustainable, but we're through half a season and he's doing it. So, with this baseball, I think Jorge Soler can keep a 24% home run of fly ball rate. I think I, I got this one. I do. All right. Well, I think I got this one. We'll go to McDonald's. All right. Anything else? That's <laughs> <laughs> all so we got for questions, as always, the night before the podcast. Hashtag 06010MOB on Twitter. I'll be taking them and put the best ones on the pod. Okay, um, we didn't even, did we talk about pitchers for the next couple of days? I guess we, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, okay. we did. We, we did, did that. that earlier, so. All right. <laughs> I um, can't wait. All I can say is I can't wait for my 20 piece chicken McNuggets. <laughs> I haven't been to McDonald's this decade. So. I have because, because of my kid. But if Eric wins, he gets a cookie. Tristan, you get two thirds of that cookie. Actually, they have that whole box of cookies. See, there it is. Yeah. There it is. You're smart. This is such a good Tristan bet. I don't even care which side wins. He wins. <laughs> you um, get all the cookies that we don't eat. Buster and Tim Kirkchin discussed the Edwin Encarnacion deal and a whole lot more on Buster's podcast, plus a conversation with Hall of Famer Edgar Martinez. Ooh, find the Baseball Tonight podcast on your favorite podcast app. We are done for today. Uh, that is all. Thank you to Kyle. Thank you to Tristan. I am Eric. Have an awesome week. Hanging up now. Really? On this show? You're playing that on this show? You know, I, I didn't say anything. So That'll be know. all for the Fantasy Focus Baseball for 2019. We lost our producer on oh, Monday. So, uh, Tristan doesn't know how to do it. I don't know how. So uh, it's been nice. We appreciate you listening the first three months of the season. But the show, show is dead now, and that's all. So be awesome. Darkness.